Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scrooge Brunson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. What's going on with you, buddy? Man, I'm bothered, man. Oh, snap. Man, listen, I got to rant about something, man. And, and then I'm going to ask man. you how you doing. Man, listen, this is a, a, a service public announcement, man. And, and I hate when this shit happens, man. People act like just because they see that fucking FedEx truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You always got their fucking package. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm sitting here doing my job like I'm supposed to be doing. I, I you know what I'm saying? I saw her bump up in the place. I see this Mercedes truck following me, right? So I'm like, man, here we go. Because I already know, like, here comes some bullshit. So, you know what I'm saying? I parked the truck, hit my hazards, you know, about to deliver the package. Dude, roll up on me. Hey, I got a package over here, such and such, such, such. He was like, uh, it's two days. And nah, 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 nah. I'm like, okay, I'm FedEx ground. We don't do two day. We don't do mm-hmm. two day and overnight. That's FedEx Express. So I'm right out the rip. I tell the dude, yo, on FedEx ground, we don't do second day. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I said, that'd be Express. So I'm getting ready to, you know what I'm saying, go do my package thinking he done. Nah, this motherfucker want to keep going. <laughs> talking about, so, oh, well, they told me it was supposed to be delivered at 1030. And then now he's saying the afternoon. And he was like, is there any way you can get in touch with the with the express guy? I'm like, yo, I don't know the express guy. I was like, we mm-hmm. don't even work out of the same building. So I was yeah. like, you know, I don't know. So he was like, well, I got it. Uh, he said, I told them that they could go ahead and deliver it to the FedEx office. Do you know if they'll do it today? I don't work for express, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, then, so then, no, you think he's over? Nah, he still ain't done. So then my man goes, well, is there any kind of uh, uh, a local number that I could call to see if I can get a touch with somebody? My guy, I don't work for Express, man. Right. Like I don't know, I don't know what they do. Stop asking us so many fucking questions. Stop thinking we always got your fucking package. If I had, <laughs> obviously, you was following me, so that means if I got a package for you, why am I gonna drive past your establishment? That makes exactly. no fucking sense, yo. So it's just like. If y'all see us out there doing our jobs, leave us the fuck alone. If we got your package, we will deliver your shit. Yeah. Shit is annoying, man. It's annoying as hell. I hate when people follow me in my damn truck and then start asking me dumbass questions. He should have peeled off after the first thing I said. I don't do second day. I do ground. Right. You can't help him no further than that. Exactly. And he just kept going and going and going. Wasted five minutes of my life on some bullshit. Anyway, mm-hmm. how you feeling, man? Everything good with you? Uh, man, I am feeling uh, on the fence, brother. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Got two days off of work. Happy about that. Uh, but, however, we are snowed in. You know what I'm saying? Snow has been coming down here in Ohio from the northeast like crazy. Um, you know what I'm saying? It was, it's been, it, was, it was real bad Thursday. Friday, it was a uh, day. It was, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of a little light, but it's still a little bad, though. Still a little bad. But um, not as bad as it was on Thursday. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. We got that that big boy snow, and then came in and got us too. So 
Yeah, for right now, man, it's it was crazy because it was like when it first started, it was raining. And then it turned into ice, and then it turned into sleet, and then it was sleet and ice. And then it's different when you could hear the rain drop, like glasses dropping. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that, you know you're in trouble because it's cold. Oh, yeah. You already know what's going on. Everything freezing up. Then the snow on top of that, it's all bad, man. It's all bad. At least it ain't as bad as that damn hailstorm that was in um uh, the day after tomorrow. The oh, yeah, was yeah. That, was <laughs> that, yeah was... that was crazy. We don't want none of that. Nah, I don't think nobody wanted any of that. <laughs> that shit was inside the softball. Man, listen. We didn't we, we didn't definitely have something close to it. Yeah, nah. I ain't trying to yeah. We already had we already had our little winter storm down here, man. So uh hopefully that's so hopefully we done for the uh for this winter season. You know what I'm saying? We enter in February, so that's the beauty of the South. Y'all get a little bit of snow and that's it. Yeah, man. Yeah, get 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 it in, get it out. Shit, Mm -hmm. but I know sometimes we go, you know, I know we gone a couple of years without getting nothing. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Not up here, brother. (laughs) Not up here. (laughs) We get some every year. I don't care what it whether it be just straight cold, blistering, chill bone weather, or you know what I'm saying, hella snow. We gonna get something. I can have that. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's, it's for the brave hearts. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been out. I've been outside with shorts and a t-shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Braving the temperatures. So man, you know, fuck that, man. We got <laughs> we got drivers, man. We got now. Listen, like this is this is my thing, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people think us, you know, FedEx, UPS, postal people. They be thinking we crazy anyway. But yeah. like, I got a little system. If if it's if it's mid forties and we supposed to hit like the sixties, mm-hmm. I rock some shorts. But if it's thirties and the highest we getting is the forties, nah, fuck that shit. But we be having man, pants. man, we got dude, we got dudes. I don't even think they own a pair of pants. Like these motherfuckers be wearing shorts. When it was snow, when we had to go out working the snow, they had mm-hmm. those shorts on and shit. Yeah, Legs be red they, as hell. They ain't never been to Ohio. Man, fuck that yeah. shit. I'm not, I, I was out there. Prove. I was out there with the shorts, you know what I'm saying? Flip flops, you know what I'm saying? House shoes on on the back patio, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> chilling, wind just blowing, just chilling. I keep a hat on though. As long as I got a hat on, I'm good. Man, fuck that. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Shit. Sometimes so, I be having layers on. Oh no, nah, yeah, you wildin'. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you going you going too far, but it ain't that cold now. Um, so, uh, yo, it's Friday. So, you know what that means, man? It's the, uh, what we watching segment of the show. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. So, man, what you got? Oh, man, I'm up first, y'all. Listen, I got two, man. I got one that was, uh... A little disappointing, and I got one man. I, I think it overachieved. Uh, so I'm gonna start with a disappointing one. If I'm not mistaken, it's called uh, Midnight Alley. Uh, this is a new Bradley Cooper movie. Got mm-hmm. Clay Blanchett in it. Um, uh, Mar, uh, no, Rooney Mara. Um, it, it, it was basically like a um, it's a movie based in the 30s and the 40s, and mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper, he's like this drifter. Uh, comes along a uh, 
a fair, like a carnival uh, fair. Mm -hmm. And um, he ended up getting a job, working with them, learned a couple of things from them. Then he go, he steals this one girl from the damn fair and takes her uh, to like Vegas or wherever they ended up going. They start doing these shows where he stole a book from this one guy. And like what they used to do was like read people and they would act like like they're psychics. Mm -hmm. And he ended up taking it too far to a point where it was this one rich guy who... um, I think his wife had died and like, and he, he was basically like pretending to be like a medium and basically he ended up, let's just say he ended up coming up short. Um, But the movie itself, the way they promoted it, like last year, like it was supposed to be like this great movie. And then, you know, like when it comes to Bradley Cooper, he's gotten to a point where he's, it seems like he's selective with his roles. Like he don't Mm -hmm. do a lot like he used to. You yeah. know, like, yeah, he do Rocket or whatever, but we don't even see him. You know what I'm saying? And then um, really the last thing that I really saw him in was that one joint he did with Lady Gaga. Right. I think that's like the last time I saw him. Like that. Yeah, I think that's the last yeah. time I saw him. Like, yeah, we know he's Rocket, but we don't see him. We just hear him. Right. But, like, I, I just thought it was, you know what I mean? Like, the plot, like, what it did with the story ended up being all right, but I just felt that the way they tried to sell it, it, it underachieved for me. The other movie that I watched, I actually texted you last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, you got to check this shit out, man. It's a movie called Clean. Yep. It got uh, Adrian um, Brody in it. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know about Adrian Brody, I didn't know he was a music producer. Zoo made beats. He did all the music for the movie. And Wizard really? is in the movie. Yes. Like, nice. he, he, um, he got his own songs on there. It's some songs where he just did the beach to him. I didn't know the dude was from uh, Queens, New York. Like, he is, like, New mm. York in and out. And, like, uh, so basically in this movie, like, he's this trash man who actually he he been through some shit. Uh, somehow, I just say somehow on here, he lost his daughter and his daughter was mixed. And there was this other black girl in the movie that he always, like, he came through, brought a lunch all the time. And mm-hmm. I think that reason he did was because her grandmother was raising her and her grandmother used to go to these meetings that he used to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like he uh, was a recovering drug addict as well. Oh, okay. And like, so he ended up, let's just say, you know, getting involved with these mob people and let's just say he roughed up the wrong person. You know what I'm saying? And like those people went after the girl and the grandmother and he had to basically take them out to, you know what I'm saying? Save their life. So it um it was it was a really he 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 wrote it. He I don't think he directed it, but he wrote it, he produced it. Like I said, the wizard was in it. Uh he did all the music for it. I did not know Adrian Brody was in all of this shit. Mm-hmm. So uh so yeah, man. Uh y'all check out the movie uh Clean, man. It was it was I thought it was really good, man. All right, man. So first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? I got one from Netflix um, starring Will Arnett and a host of guest um, guest actors, including Ken Jong, Marshawn Lynch. Um, I think like Bill Hader is in one of them, but it's basically a show called Murderville. It came out this year. It's about a um, detective who is trying to figure out um, this specific murder case. But each show, 
he's basically he he got a new guest, you know what I'm saying, a special guest or whatever. And you know what I'm saying, it's a um they're supposed to be helping him solve the case, but it's all improv it's all improv. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like he be making them do stuff in the show. The thing's supposed to like it ain't scripted, so they gotta <laughs> act it out in the middle of the show. So like um on the trailer, it's a, it's this one episode that they show where um he with Marshawn Lynch and they in the um they in the police department. So he talking to Marshawn Lynch or whatever, and he like, Yeah, man, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. They can't see you. This is, you know, saying a double sided mirror, so everything's good. We'll be able to see everything that they do. They can't see nothing you do. So one of his detectives come in and he like, Yeah, um, the double-sided mirror got destroyed a long time ago. He was like, so I don't know why you guys are in here, but you might want to switch rooms. So then they reach in and the mirror gone. So he was like, oh, man. He was like, yeah. So he was like, okay. He was like, we got it. He was like, we got to copy everything that they do. So they'll never know that they can see us. He was like, what? He was like, no, no, you got to copy everything this guy does. He said, if you don't, he'll know that you're watching. So. The dude walk in or whatever, the suspect walk in, he looking around and Marshawn Lynch is trying to copy everything that he doing in the midst of the like the he like leaning back. He got his hand on his hips, like all kind of weird stuff. So Marshawn Lynch is trying to copy everything he's doing so it won't make it look like, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, uh, not a mirror there. So it's just something funny for people to watch, you know what I'm saying? Get a couple laughs. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I'm only on um, episode two, but it's great. And then um, my second one is Apple TV. It's called The Servant. Um, it's like a thriller type drama, but it's about a lady who gets hired um, by this very rich couple um, who is going through a traumatic experience and a whole bunch of different shit happens. Um, it's three seasons. I'm binging it right now. Check it out. It's amazing. One of the um, episodes, excuse me, the um, the wife is talking to the lady who's supposed to be like the nanny slash maid. And she's talking to her or whatever. And she's like, could you hold the baby? So the maid takes the baby, right? And she's like, okay, I'll be back. I got to go run a few errands. I got to go talk to uh, a few people about some business. And then, you know what I'm saying, I'll be back. So she's sitting down, she's holding the baby. And then she's talking to the husband. And the husband is like, all right, you can stop. You know what I'm saying? Acting now. She was like, what do you mean? And he, was, he was like, what do you know? It's this. None of this is real. So then come to find out the baby is not real. The baby is a doll. And then the it gets weirder because the nanny is acting as if the doll is really a baby. So it's a it's a crazy show. You got to really watch it. It's by M. Night Shyamalan. It's called The Servant. It's pretty good so far. So y'all go check that out. It's on Apple TV. Okay. Oh, yeah, by the man. way, um, I did start watching Archive eighty seven or eighty one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like like six episodes in so far. So what you think? Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. I just I'm gonna tell you where I left off at. I'm gonna tell you where I left off at. I left off where the when the dude and the girl realize that they're, I guess, like dreaming about each other, like, cause uh, the medium lady was repeating everything that they were saying mm-hmm. to each other, like that's that's the last episode that I saw, and I was like, okay, yo, what the fuck is going on? Cause I knew like 
they were doing these things where you could tell like they're dreaming because you could see like these kind of like these flake looking things. Mm-hmm. You could be like, okay, you could tell this is a dream type thing. Yeah. And it's like then it becomes to a point where when that lady was doing the medium stuff and she ripped her face off and like she was saying everything, and I was like, yo, this is nuts. Like yeah. I'm like I'm, it's 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 good. I'm so confused now. It's good. Though. It's just, I'm confused. As the fuck, further but. the the good thing I like about that show is the further you get into it, the more that they expose. That way you're you know what I'm saying you can understand what's really going on because they do a great yeah. job confusing you within like the first four or five episodes. Yeah. And then from like six and on, it 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 gets a little bit clear, and then you kind of understand like why they chose you know what I'm saying him why he was in it and everything so. It, it gets good, man. Shout out to Mama Do Atty, man. Um, he did a great job. He he he's one of those guys that I don't know how he does it, but he always gets those um he always gets those sophisticated roles. Like I remember he had a show on Netflix where he was a um a sommelier. Um and then there was another one where he was um I think he was like a lawyer or something. Like, dude always gets great roles. So, salute to him. Cool deal. So, man, listen, man, we going back in time. Um, we taking the rewind all the way back to the 80s. Uh, early 80s, might I add, around the time of the birth of hip-hop. The um, maturation, well, I don't want to say the maturation of hip-hop, but the growth of hip-hop um, to a specific member a lady by the name of Roxanne Shante, who is one of the most legendary hip hop MCs of all time. Um, she wrote with the legendary Juice Crew, Helen out of Queens, New York. And we're talking about her biography that she has on Netflix called Roxanne Roxanne. Um, so what, what did you think of this one? I thought out of, uh, listen, I thought it was great that they came out with this. Uh, you gave me one of those wet moments when we were speaking earlier, um, before mm-hmm. we started recording. That I'm gonna be honest, man, I did not, I did not know who Roxanne Shante was before mm-hmm. 2018 when this came out. Um, really? yeah, and when I when I watched it, you know, well, first thing that attracted me was I saw Mahershala Ali was in it in, in 2018, 17, 16. He was on a road. Like everything yeah. Mahershala Ali was doing at that time, like he was killing it. So I was like, okay. And then I ain't had nothing else to do. So I was like, let me go ahead and give it a watch. And to learn who she was, and then to also learn like what she meant to not only um, Queensbridge but Queens, and the impact that she had, I thought that that was dope. Um, I do feel the way that you felt um, when we were speaking off air that mm-hmm. that. I think that her, the legend that she is and the story that she has was meant for like a big screen type of thing. Because Mm -hmm. I think what ended up happening, because this came out on Netflix, it doesn't get mentioned with the, with the uh, straight out of Compton's uh, Notorious and All Eyes on Me. I think because it came out on Netflix, I think that it was on a lower scale. But also I think that Roxanne Shantae I don't think her name rings off to the public mm-hmm. like B.I.G. and Tupac and oh, N.W.A. Yeah, right, 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 right. But once you 
listen to her music and you see her story and you see her impact mm-hmm. because like really like we were speaking on the coming soon would Nazir Jones be the Nas today mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Roxanne Shante? Would Biz mm-hmm. Marquis would have been what he would have been without Roxanne Shante? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to know that it was a woman that was like not necessarily appointed the one because she, you know what I'm saying? She became the one. Like Mm-hmm. She was battling people at like twelve years old and killing dudes in the hood. Earlier than that, you know what I'm saying. Earlier so than it's that. Like, yeah. it, and what's crazy about it was her mom's was like, like she leaned up to her mom and said, "Yo, can I cuss?" She said, "Hey, you, you do said, whatever you, you need to do." Fifty dollars, yeah, yeah. fifty dollars. Hey, and I just I think that that I think that that story is dope, man. And I think that her story is one of those stories where. You can see how are uh, some of the things that some of the women would have to deal with in the industry, and I'm glad that we're talking about a female MC because there's some shit that I get into a little later. Um, because there is something I did notice about Roxanne Shante, but um, but yeah, man, I, I know that was on a tangent, man. But what what was your uh your opinions on uh, Roxanne Roxanne? Um. Me personally, I, I wanted it to be more so about her career than so it was about her personal life. I understand why it has why it has to be about the personal life. Um that way you can understand who she is personally and um <clears throat> how she came to be who she is. But I just wanted it to more so focus on her career because she even though she like you said, she's not named with, you know, saying the bigs and the pox and you know what I'm saying all of them, but you know, for her to be a for her to be a female MC in that time, right? You got to remember, like this is like I said, this is like the the mat. Not I keep I want I keep wanting to say maturation. This is like the growth of hip hop. It's not the maturation yet, because to me, the maturation happened around um around like the early nineties mid 90s you know what i'm saying like mid early to mid 90s that's when the maturation of hip-hop happened to me that's the that's the golden time of hip-hop but this is like this is the growth of hip-hop right this is like the um the adolescent years of hip-hop where you started to have mcs still have kind of that that um that 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 um what am I trying to say? That elementary cadence, and you, yeah, you started to yeah. you started to hear them kind of mature into something. Uh, uh, yeah, you try you, you hear them mature into something different, right? So, like mm-hmm. first and foremost, she was with the Juice Crew, right? The legendary Juice Crew. So, for anybody who don't know who the Juice Crew is, um, DJ Marley Mall, uh, DJ Polo, DJ Mr. Magic, right? Mr. Magic is somebody who is famous in uh, radio. You know what I'm saying? In in New York at the time. Then you got rappers like MC Shan, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, who is probably one of the greatest lyricists of all time. Um, Master Ace, Tragedy Gaddafi, who's another one. Granddaddy IU, who is another one. MC Debbie D, who's another one. Um, Biz Marquee, everybody knows who Biz Marquee is. You know what I'm saying? And then you have um, 
or Craig G as well. But then you got Roxanne Shantae, who possibly could have been one of the best rappers in that group. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 put it like this: this is how this is how important the Juice Crew was to hip hop, right? Cool G rap is somebody that Jay Z looked up to. Mm-hmm. MC Shan was a part of one of the first beefs um, in hip hop when he beefed with KRS One, right? So it was it was Queensbridge versus Brooklyn, and then um, it's funny because it ends up, you know, what I'm saying like bringing itself back to life between Jay Z and Nas, you know, what I'm saying the Brooklyn and, and, and Queens uh, beef. Biz Marquis, he he made his own lane. So did Big Daddy Kane, um, who, you know what I'm saying, happened to be one of Jay-Z's um, favorite rappers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you had guys like Granddaddy IU and Tragedy Gaddafi who were inspirations for guys like Nori, you know what I'm saying, and guys like that. So these guys really were, you know what I'm saying, like a pillar in hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Biz Marquis, yeah. if it wasn't for him, you probably would have never got an ODB. Because yeah. they styles are similar. You know what I'm saying? DJ Marley Marl, like, dude has been doing this thing forever. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Magic was on the radio doing this thing forever. So, like, you get all of these people together. I mean, hell, Master Ace is one of them people that he had hella, you know what I'm saying, hella rounds too. So you get all of these people together in a group. And then, you know what I'm saying, not even just going across Queens, but even battling people just across New York. Because you got to remember, at this time, hip-hop is just strictly, well, I don't want to say strictly, but hip-hop is like New York right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like some of the greatest people is New York. And so for Roxanne Chante to really be the most prominent woman in that group, even though you still got MC Debbie D, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really hear too much about her, but you hear about Roxanne Chante when she's battling dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was times where they was bringing her, like, Biz Marquis was taking her to go to Brooklyn and, and, and um, to Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? To, to, um, to the Bronx to, like, battle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. these people from Queens. This ain't it like people don't understand just how significant she was. And then not only that, you gotta remember, like you had MC Light, you had Queen Latifah, you had all of these other female rappers, but they weren't battling though. Yeah, they were just, you know what I'm saying? They was rapping, like they was putting records together and everything else. So when you have Roxanne Chante who's actually battling, you know what I'm saying? Like this is something that this is like the 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 you know what I'm saying, like the the lowest. I don't want to say lowest tier because that's kind of this is like the most foundational part of hip hop is the battle. You know what I'm saying? Two MCs going at it because it'd be the same thing when two DJs go at it. It'd be the same thing with two graffiti artists or two break dancers, whatever the case may be. It was always it's always competition in hip hop. So for her to be battling and not just battling females, I'm talking about battling some of the best male participants in the history of hip hop and cleaning them up. So, you know what I'm saying, for her to actually be doing what she did, and I'm talking about people are, this is something that people betting money on. This ain't just like, oh, you know what I'm saying, we're going to battle to see who to bet. Nah, this is something that people was putting money on. Like, this is something we hear about all the time. Like, if you ever watch Backstage, you know what I'm saying, or um, or like Fade to Black or something like that, two movies that um are about, 
you know what I'm saying, um, hip hop music, you'll see in backstage where in the back room before a concert, Jay Z and DMX battle rapping. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you watch, even if you guys are watching verses, this is basically the concept of verses. It's two producers basically bringing old school hip hop back together where they're pitting one artist against another. You know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, well, now it's just records or whatever, but you would pit one artist against another to see who would be the best of the best. And this is something that we've been doing this whole time since hip hop started. So, I mean, for her, I think that for this to show her legacy is, is something that's well needed. Yeah. And then also like, I think Roxanne, Roxanne was more like, uh, Shantae was more like a, you know, when you think about like rap today, mm-hmm. there's names that if, if you're not in that lane and look, and I'm not that much in that lane, but you know what I'm saying? I dabble in a little bit. Like when you think about people like Charlie Clips, when you think about people like Conceited, when you talk about Hitman Holler, when you talk about Arsenal, and all of these people, like you only know these people if you know anything about battle rap. And I will put Roxanne Shantae in that category of like when you were talking about the women that you was talking about, when the, the Queen Latifah, the uh, the MC Lights, the Yo Yos. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to like all of those women, like they were seen on a higher level than a Roxanne Shantae. But at the same time, Roxanne Shantae, when you're battling off the dome, like, look, I don't know what was their routines, but when it comes to Roxanne Shantae, a lot of this shit is coming off the dome. So that's why, like, when you talk about battling in the streets, like, sometimes you don't even know who your opponent's going to be until you get there. Like, when they showed her, when she was, like, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, you know, battling a dude, they were just like, the dude asks, I want to battle the best Queens rapper. And then this little 10, 11-year-old girl shows up. He was like, yo, I ain't battling a little girl. He was like, well, you asked who was the champ. She's the champ. So she didn't know who that dude was, and she just came on the scene and just blew the dude out of the water. So, and then she was doing it for $50, you know what I'm saying? And then once she got into high school, then she started battling people for, you know, $100, $250, and things like that. So when you have a female that has the competitive juices that she has and then can wrap off the dome like she did, I think that this was a story that needed to be told because I think that when we look at rap and the history of rap, you know, like a lot of the times when you want to bring up modern day and stuff, you know, a lot of people always talk about like the Lauren Hills and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and, and the shit like that. But it's just like she was like the foundation to this. And she also was the person that had to go through the 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 roughest shit you know what i'm saying like we talked like you know the the one thing that was that was i don't want to call it fascinating because it, it really fucking sucks but one of the craziest things that she had to go through other than the money shit and getting taken advantage of was the fact of she had a son at 16 mm-hmm. years old 
Not mm-hmm. only did she have a son when she was 16, she was dealing with a grown-ass man who was basically a fucking pedophile, a, a, a damn um, a possessive pedophile um, who got her pregnant and then had her fucking buy her son back from um, back from the father. He was like, yo, I'll leave you alone if you and I give you your son back if you give me ten thousand dollars. And she had to right. get a lawyer to write that shit up. And the lawyer was like, yo, like he was like, this is crazy as fuck. And but she also had him sign a paper, which was probably because they didn't explain what the paper was, but I'm pretty sure it was him signing his rights away from mm-hmm. that child, which I'm uh, uh pretty guessing that it was. But for them to show you like that type shit, and but let's not really get into that, but like let's stay on this rap shit for her to have to okay first and foremost Roxanne's revenge okay so Marley hits her up she's doing laundry Marley hits her like yo won't you come up here I got this beat I want you to rap on and she was like yo I'm doing laundry he's like yo it won't take but a minute so she comes up there I don't even know how many bars this was but let, let's put it this way she went five minutes straight freestyle, no hooks, nothing. Like I don't take. know who, dude. I don't know who she was ripping, but she ripped somebody oh, a whole you new know, ass up. I don't know who the person was. I know no, that there the was. Person. It's a group. See, see, that's the thing. See, this is why it was great having you on doing this because this is the mm-hmm. thing. Like I told you before, when it comes to rap. Right. I really like I always say this, like the first rap album that I bought. Like, I mean, I had rap. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like I had I don't know where I got it from, but I had it's dark and hell is hot. You know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. flesh my flesh, blood in my blood and all that type of shit. But the first album that I bought was Lil Wayne. You know what I'm saying? The block is hot. So that was so my introduce my, my introduction into hip hop was DMX Jay Z. Little Wayne, shit like that. So then, you know, Outkast and shit like that. So when it came to those guys like Big Daddy Kane, when it came to Molly Mall, uh, now obviously I heard Curtis Blow because I mean you you couldn't go anywhere without hearing, um, uh, what's my name, my song, uh, Don't Push Me. Um, I told my grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five. Yeah. So the message, like. But the message, yeah, like so. A lot of that shit, I was ended up late to, but you know, I mean, I wasn't late to like Wu Tang and shit like that. Like, so much like Rakim, I was late to Rakim. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of people that I was late to, but then like once that era, like once we started creeping into the two thousands, like all of the people that was coming out at that time, it, it took me some time to to get like to go back to that like i've always listened to older music but like i say you know it was always r&b music like mm-hmm. you know my lane is the 70s and 80s r&b shit so right. i was late to a lot of that shit like you know what i'm saying i heard a few krs records and shit like that so i wasn't mm-hmm. really into all that so i didn't know who she was talking to all i know is roxanne revenge five minutes straight fire so mm-hmm. she does that and then they put that shit I don't know who he talked to, but he had a connection with the radio. Now she's on DJ the radio. That's yeah. You mentioned him early. She's in the what? So sixteen, where they put you with a sophomore high school, and she mm-hmm. got a record on the radio. You no know record saying? deal. No record deal. Nothing. Living in the projects. 
mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Did the shit in the living room when she was supposed to be doing laundry. Famous. Already. Mm-hmm. So I, I look, man, like Roxanne Shantae, like you said, man, she she is definitely a legend. And then like the way they set that up in the movie, like she didn't she ain't writing that down. She wasn't prepared for it. Like she wasn't even really trying to rap that day. She was like, yo, my mom gonna kick my ass if I don't do this laundry. And he was like, mm -hmm. yo, it won't take you about five minutes. And you know what I'm saying? She laid down a whole freestyle for five minutes and went back to doing laundry and shit. Like, mm -hmm. come on, man. Like, every, just anybody can't do that shit. That's true. That's, once again, that, that's just proof to why she's as legendary as she is. So, first and foremost, right, let's talk about this. This is this is one of the most important moments in hip-hop. Um, and this is why she's such a legendary piece to hip-hop. So, the group UTFO created, and I, I, I always thought it was Houdini, but it wasn't Houdini. It was UTFO. So the group UTFO creates this song called Roxanne, Roxanne, right? And then Roxanne Shante basically names herself Roxanne Shante. And in the midst of this, right, it's this era in hip-hop called the Roxanne Wars. So the Roxanne Wars is where the song Roxanne, Roxanne basically <laughs> um, they basically have 25 different um 25 different songs based off of this song you know what i'm saying they they basically coming back at this song so this is this is all these songs that nobody has like nobody has done this since well this is the first time it's ever been done in hip-hop but the last time people did this was when the when the millie beat came out if if people remember, everybody was freestyling to the Amelie beat uh, when Lil Wayne dropped Amelie, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like the last time something like that happened. I think like the closest people tried to get to it was like grinding, but couldn't nobody really touch that. That was one of them things like if you ain't have bars, you really weren't touching the grinding beat, right? Mm -hmm. But when Amelie came out, everybody had a freestyle to Amelie. Neo had one. Chris Brown had one. Like everybody had one, right? So this is one of those, this is the first instance in, in hip-hop where people basically responded to um, a beat. So when Roxanne, Roxanne comes out, Roxanne Shante drops the real Roxanne or Roxanne's Revenge. And like you said, five minutes of pure bars, right? Mm -hmm. This becomes the most notable track out of all of them. And then this is where you have your first hip-hop beef. So this is one of the reasons that she is basically um, one of the most legendary, prominent figures in hip hop, because she basically was a part of the first hip hop beef. Now, it's not necessarily the first hip hop beef, but it's basically the first one where they go back and forth on wax. Mm -hmm. And it's being heard across, you know what I'm saying, places. It's being heard on radio and everything else like that. Before you had like Grandmaster Cash and um, the Sugar Hill Gang and all them. So like it's it's other beefs that's been around, but like this one is like the first publicly, you know what I'm saying, the, the first public beef. And so out of 25 records, her records is her record is the one that just pops the most. She's actually getting busy. And so for like one or two, I think like I, I want to say like a year and a half, I don't even want to say two, like a year and a half, you just had them kind of going back and forth doing shit about this whole Roxanne thing. And once she does that, 
then you know what I'm saying like you get people like Biz coming along and everybody else, and she in- gets introduced to the Juice Crew. She joins the Juice Crew, and then now she's basically doing her thing off of that one. Uh, she's doing her thing off of that one song that basically implements her into Hip Hop Hall of Fame. Just doing that one song. Everything else she do from that point is just it don't even matter because she's already a part of history, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um. She ends up getting into the Juice Crew, and they do the Roxanne Revenge joint. You know what I'm saying? All of this happens, and the Roxanne Wars happen. Now, the Roxanne Wars, like I said, is the most prominent, one of the most prominent pieces of hip hop, because this is one of the things that we don't hear at this time. We don't hear beef back and forth on on wax. We don't hear none of that. So this is the first time you're actually hearing two artists or a group in an artist or whatever, two hip hop MCs go back and forth. And this is where you get the concept of beef from. Now, mind you, she was so good at what she did and she really killed them because this is what she does. She's a, a, a battle MC. So her taking the battle MC um, style and putting it in on wax and making the actual song out of it. Everybody started fucking with Roxanne revenge. Then um, she ended up getting into it with Sparky D. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then she just basically became the person where everybody <laughs> was just like coming at her because she was the she was the hot one on the. You know what I'm saying? She was the 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 pillar. She was the target. Like, yo, this is who you got to go at if you want to be one of the dopest MCs out. And she was taking people out left and right. And mind you, like, she's beefing people left and right. Like, this is her thing now. Um, so basically, um, she ends up, you know what I'm saying, seeing Curtis Blow. Her and Curtis Blow kind of have a little tiff because Curtis Blow was at a, I want to say it was like a, um, it was like some competition where they was freestyling and battling or whatever. And the only reason, only reason Curtis Blow didn't vote for her was because she was a girl. And so you can imagine what she did after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When that Curtis Blow too. So like she's one of the people who helped Carver Lane, not just for hip hop, but if you listen to Battle Rap now, she helped Carver Lane for that too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In her own special way. Like that was something that she helped get involved in indirectly, but it still happened. So yeah, like yeah. that's that's one of the things that that actually got her to be who she was. And then I also don't think that it helped. But also, what they also did with the film was like her relationship, like when it came to men. So like basically, her mom. Uh, it didn't really say what her mom did, but like they living in the projects in Queensbridge, and then so her mom and her dad. Well, I don't think he was really saving up money. I think he just found this house. So she mm-hmm. saved $20,000. She gives him the $20,000. And he was supposed to go, you know what I'm saying, get the truck, come back to come pick them up and take them to the house. He takes the twenty grand and don't come back. So he leaves her there and his three daughters leave them behind. And everybody's excited about, you know what I'm saying, moving into this house, all this type of shit. So what ended up happening is her mom end up becoming an alcoholic. And I think the way they set it up is that she used to like, I think she used to drink and she stopped drinking. And then she started back drinking when old dude never came back home. 
So now the way Roxanne looked at it, she was just like, yo, I lost my dad that day, but I also lost my mom too because she started just drinking, you know, out of control. And so then she had that situation. So she moves out and she moves with a friend of hers and everything is cool. But then one day she was in there with her pajamas on and he's like, yo, you need to take that off. And all it was was a, you know a T-shirt and shorts. And so then he attempts to rape her. And then like, but I think that he was like doing some coke like right before that. Mm-hmm. So then she was like, all right. So the one person, the one dude that I really trust, well, the two dudes that I trust, both of them do me wrong, but it also set set it up when it comes to what's my dude name. When it comes to uh, Cross, Cross used to see her around, um, used to see her around the way, and Cross was obviously an older dude. He he probably had her by at least by twenty years, mm-hmm. and I think that he looked at her like a little girl in the beginning, but then like Cross started looking at her a little different. So then mm-hmm. she gets involved. With Cross, who a dude is probably like 20 years older than her. She gets involved with Cross. He starts beating on her. Then impregnate her at 16 years old. And so then he takes her son from her and then make her pay him $10,000 to get her son back. So it's like, so she already having a personal issue dealing with dudes and then you also got these dudes in the rap game that's targeting you then my one man your dj that you trust he i mean like i think that once you start having some kind of success like yeah you start feeling yourself a little bit and i think that the rap game you got to have confidence you got to have that you know what i'm saying you got to have the it factor when it comes mm-hmm. to battle rap and I think that he was like Shantae's feeling herself a little too much. Cross had gave her this chain. Well, no, he gave her the ring. Um, the 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 dude, the tour manager guy, he was the one who gave her a chain. First of all, mm-hmm. he shorted her from her money. That was number of one. Of course. He shorted her from her money, but he tried to make her feel better by giving her a chain that says Roxanne Shantae. Mm-hmm. So Dude, it's like Molly is like, yo, you feeling yourself too much. So they're going back at you jealous of me. So he was like, yo, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna battle for you no more. Well, I'm not gonna do your music no more. So then that's when we get the introduction to Biz Marquis. Biz Marquis mm-hmm. was like, yo, I beatbox the show. She's like, you're gonna beatbox the whole show. And he was like, Yeah, I can beatbox the whole show. So then she built a rapport with him, but also her bodyguard, another man that she trusts. He's like, yo, I'm always going to have your back. Boom. You know, all this type shit. He ended up getting arrested. So now, mm-hmm. another man in your life that you was like, I thought was going to be there for me. And now you locked up. And now I don't have you in my corner. And it, at the time, she needed it the most because she needed protection from Cross. So it was just like, I think this dynamic of seeing a woman in the rap game, especially at that time, because it was Completely a, a a men's sport at that time, um, yeah. but Roxanne broke through that barrier, and she broke down a bunch of walls for a lot of women in the game, mm-hmm. and and I think that's what her story. I think that's what she was trying to tell people, and then also to show how my man tells her when they get done with the tour, because she is like the main attraction everywhere they go. Everybody's there to see Roxanne Shante. And then when it comes to getting paid, he comes up with this lame ass story that, yo, I went to use the bathroom. I put my bag down. 
somebody stole my bags and one of the bags had your money in it. Everybody else got paid. You the person I was going the person everybody came to see, I was gonna pay you last, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. somebody stole my bag. Mm-hmm. And it's like to to show the things that she had to deal with and how she was like, yo, she was literally making more money on the street battling people than going out and doing a whole tour. And yeah. now the music business is, is is fucked up. It's already fucked up, but it's been fucked up from the very beginning. But exactly. like but for a female, I think you got double fucked when you was a female. She did a whole mm-hmm. tour and got nothing from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she got publicity, but it ain't she was the same already getting now, publicity. Yeah, so it ain't yeah. the same as now. Like, so so real quick, because I want to interject what, what you're saying right now. Because um, you bring up a great point, right? You said, like, she got publicity. What, I don't think a lot of people understand the importance of... Um, the importance of what you're saying. The publicity then is not the same as the publicity now, right? So mm-hmm. then, and this is before you had CDs. So CDs weren't even out yet. It yep. was either wax or it was a tape. You know what I'm saying? So um, around this time when she's trying to basically come into her own, like you said, she already has everything in her personal life hindering her. You know what I'm saying? She has to worry about a child that she can't get access to right now because, you know what I'm saying, the father of her child took her child away. Then you got all of these dudes that's basically either getting locked up or leaving her behind or, you know what I'm saying, basically showing her a multitude of ways that she can't trust them, except for Biz Marquis. And then not only that, you also get to the point to where she's doing these shows and she's going and, and basically doing a, a – a version of touring. Um, and I do that in air quotes for anybody that can't see, but um, a version of touring. And then she's not even getting paid for it. So she's getting, like you said, she's getting more money pretty much doing these on the spot battles. than she is even getting money from a tour that she's supposed to be doing, going to do yep. these shows that, that she's coming to do. And then she's basically the headliner. Like they're promoting her at the show. And she's not even getting paid for it. And so her having to go through all of that, you know what I'm saying? Her having to deal with all of that. And then on top of that, I want to bring it back to, you know what I'm saying? Basically her bread and butter was, um, was the beefs, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, she was in, um, she was a part of the first hip hop beef, but then you get the bridge wars. So we already had the Roxanne wars, right? <clears throat> you bring in the bridge wars when MC Shan, who's a part of the Juice Crew, gets into it with KRS One, and you hear the song "The Bridge Is Over," and somehow her name gets brought into it. And now it's you know what I'm saying you got to deal with all of that on top of having some dude from Brooklyn and and this group from Brooklyn, Boogie Down Productions, basically bringing you into. You know what I'm saying? Some shit that the Juice Crew really ain't got nothing to do with. It's really between him and, you know, it's really between KRS-One and MC Shan. And so now it's like, it, it seems as if everything is pretty much um, falling on her head, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, she ends up getting, in like 1985, she ends up battling Busy B. Starsky. 
And um, that's when I was that's when I was telling you about her becoming. I mean, her getting into it with Curtis Blow. Well, once the whole thing, um, <laughs> once the whole thing happened after that, that's when you know, what I'm saying the the bridge is over, comes out. She has to deal with that, and so she's releasing these albums, right? She released the album in '89 and '92 didn't do too well because of everything that had happened. And then she, in 1995, she releases a greatest hits album. And then at the age of 25, she retires. So it just goes to show you, like, even though it seems as if she had a long career, she really didn't like, she really didn't even get the best out of her career that she wanted to. And that's why I say like, it's nothing like, the things that go on today, because now you can get on YouTube, you can say what you want, you can get on Twitter, you can do what you want, you can make your own music, load it up to Apple iTunes. Before it wasn't like that. You used to have to rap, you had to go to a studio, get it put on wax, or get it put on a tape, and then you had to get a multitude of those, and then you had to take it somewhere and distribute it yourself, or you have to convince a company to distribute it for you and they get a cut of what you end up selling. Normally they get the bigger cut because they basically doing all the work and you, all you did was just put the song together or whatever It's your creation, but that don't matter. So they get a bigger cut because they basically got to go take it and they got all the resources. And so at this time, this is like the most predatory business that's out right now is the music business. So whatever she was getting or whatever opportunity she was given, she was probably one of the most famous female MCs, and she probably got the least of what she deserved out of all of them. Definitely, man. She definitely did. And what and what ended up happening was the loyalty from the crew ended up coming back around. Like, they mm-hmm. knew she got fucked over from the first time around. Because, mm-hmm. like, after Ray told her that bullshit story about the bag got stolen, probably like enough time for her to have the baby and the baby is you know what I'm saying probably walking so maybe two years go by they finally get a record deal but they're like yo we're not signing unless Roxanne get get to come so that's mm-hmm. when everything started to change for Roxanne was when the crew ended up getting a record deal and they was like yo we're not going to sign without Roxanne and Roxanne had to put her trust back in Ray when Maybe two years earlier, he told her, I lost your toy money, and she had to trust him again. Right. When he said that, yo, you know, the crew said they won't get signed unless you go. But I think that what I think that what this movie did was it, it shined a light on a resilient female that I mean went through went through hella shit. And also I think the Nas story even though they only show him twice, but when you hear his rhymes, you know, in the movie, and even when you hear about Irma, this is the thing. So Roxanne Shantae is on the radio at 16. When mm-hmm. you think about Illmatic, I think Nas was 17? 17, 18? So Nas was probably younger than that. That's what I'm saying. So he was writing this shit at 15, 16 years old. Yeah, because I think when he released Illmatic, he was like 17, 18. So it's like to think about 
the pain and the 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 words that are coming out of their mouth at such a young age. Like Shantae, Shantae Roxanne went through shit that 25, 28-year-old motherfuckers go through. She went through that shit at 16 years old. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I think that for her to to come out on top, I mean, and not even really on top, because I think that, like you said, like for her career to end the way that it ended, but then also the point that I wanted to bring up, and look, like, and when I say this, man, it, it's it's not a disrespect. I just think that when you have some females that are so lyrical and some of them choose the subject matter that they choose, I feel that they don't get as big as some of the females whose skills might not be as up to theirs is, but they're using sexuality that pushes them over the top. Roxanne and Shantae didn't do that. Well, I mean, it's and, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, and you know what I'm saying. When Roxanne Shantae was out in the '90s with Salt and Pepper, MC Light, MC Light was, you know what I'm saying, one of those who she kind of teetered the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember she came out with the song "Roughneck." You know what I'm saying? So that was a hit yeah. at the time. And then you know what I'm saying with Roxanne Shantae, she wasn't as sexual as MC Light, even though MC Light wasn't really sexual, she, like I said, she teetered the line. She kind of was on the fence, but then you had Salt and Pepper, who that's all that they was talking about. But they were a very popular group. And to this day, you still hear Salt and Pepper songs or you hear parodies of their songs. You don't really hear too much of MC Light's music or Roxanne Shantae's music. And so, you know what I'm saying, that kind of, that just really goes to show you not so much as, you know what I'm saying, how women aren't good enough to be, you know what I'm saying, these type of MCs, because we got um we got various, you know what I'm saying, examples of that in um artists like Rhapsody, artists like Lauren Hill, Queen Latifah, Nicki Minaj, um Megan Thee Stallion, you know what I'm saying? Like even though she is one of those artists that goes a sexual route, she still has bars in the in you know what I'm saying, like in her in, in her um repertoire. And then you talk about like Nicki Minaj, like yo, Nicki Minaj was one of the only artists to be on the track with Kanye and Jay Z and have the best verse on the track. You probably will never hear that again, you know what I'm saying, out of a female artist unless they decide to do a track with like Rhapsody or something like that. So like, you know what I'm saying, like, and then you hear Rhapsody, Rhapsody doing a joint where she got two back to back classics. Yep. And Layla's wisdom and Eve. So like with her, with her giving the bars that she got, and then you got to remember, like she worked with people like Ninth Wonder. Mm-hmm. Like Ninth Wonder don't work with Jay Z and all the great. So like to turn around and then work with the same person who don't work with all these great artists, you know what I'm saying? Like she killed Cole on the track on Sojourner. Get him out of here, dude. Like, she, I ain't gonna lie. Hey, she killed Kendrick too. That, on come Power. on, now that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So like. For her to be, you know, so like for her to be as talented as she is, and then you know what I'm saying, like not many people are kind of, are really giving her her just do. It just goes to show you that that type of rap is is not. I don't think it's necessarily what people want to hear because I'm not gonna say that because little before Lil Kim started doing that, Lil Kim was getting bars off too, and Lil Kim is one of those people who she got bars on top of bars. Foxy Brown is another one who got bars on top of bars. Um, 
Eve is another one. You know what I'm saying? Remy Ma is another one. It's a bunch of female artists out there that can really spit and can really go toe-to-toe with a lot of the dudes. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, for some odd reason, you got weirdos out here who don't want to hear females give bars. You just, They just want them to be in a bikini and talk about twerking and dancing and all that, and they cool with that. And to me, it's like you really missing out on the talent that these women have. Like, imagine if Rhapsody was coming out in the bikini twerking. We'd never get Layla's Wisdom. We'd never get Eve. We'd never get the tracks that she's done with J. Cole and Kendrick and all these other great artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, she had the, she had the, the uh, uh, I'm about to say the RZA. She had the, the, the jizzle on her fucking album with D'Angelo, bro. Like people don't even know how great dude, she brought Queen Latif, dude. Queen Latif, <laughs> when the last time Queen she Latif had Eve on there, bro? Like people don't know how people, just that, just the track between Jizza and D'Angelo alone. People don't even know how great that is, and then to take that and then remix a whole Wu Tang uh, uh, track. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. What are we talking about? So, like, to me, I look at it like if it wasn't for Roxanne Shante, we wouldn't have these artists out here today. Um, we wouldn't even have got the Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma beef, which to me was one of the best things, you know what I'm saying, that happened in hip-hop for a long time. Like, a lot of these niggas wasn't even going as hard as Remy Ma and Nicki was. Um, we wouldn't have got the Cardi B and Nicki beef on motorsport. You know what I'm saying? Like, dissing each other on you know what i'm saying on the same song like so we it, it's a lot that she's responsible for to me i feel like battle rap wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for people like her and you know what i'm saying the women who are in battle rap they should definitely reach out to roxanne Shante and thank her and you know what i'm saying show that admiration and that love because you know what i'm saying she was killing niggas with ease like it was nothing with all the hardships she was going through you know what I'm saying? With all the money she was missing out on, with all the bad business that was going on around her, she still had a love for hip-hop, and she still went out and did her thing. I mean, if that ain't a legacy, I don't know what is. And also, for a female people to get her, like, so they was about to move out the hood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Pop stole the money, stole the 20 mm-hmm. grand. And then to be able to, like, around the age of 19, 20 years old, to be able to move your mama and your sisters out the hood? Yeah. Come on, man. Roxanne Shante, on rap, you know what I'm saying? When she was battling people for two... This is another thing. $250, yo, in, like, 1991 and 92 and shit. It's big money. What? For a battle? Yeah, it's big money. That's big money back in the early 90s. Niggas was barely getting that DJing. And then she was 16. Yeah. Oh, like, also, also, if anybody has serious satellite um XM, serious XM satellite, I'm sorry. If you have that, check out the um the ring, I mean the ring bell, rock the bells radio station. Um, I think it's channel 42. On the Sirius XM satellite uh, station, but check out Rock the Bells. Roxanne Shante is actually um, one of the DJs on that station. She has a um, a segment 
on that station. And if you want to check her out, you know, since she was, she's up to now, that's what she's doing. She's one of the DJs for the Rock the Bells uh, radio station on Sirius XM Satellite. Yeah, man. I, I think that, and I, I said this on the coming soon, it's just like, when when you think about Queens and Queens Bridge and all this type of shit, like everybody, Nas, 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 and, and, and it should be. Like Nas is a whole legend walking. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But like Roxanne Shantae was the one that, that, and he spoke about this. She was the one that gave him that motivation to get his balls together. She was the she was the one who really made him want to rap. You know what I'm saying? To, to really like rapidly raps. Like if it wasn't for, for the, the inspiration of a Roxanne Shantae and for her to persevere through all of the shit that she went through, all the time she's been screwed up. And look, the music industry fuck a lot of people over. Mm-hmm. But you know, for her, then like and I didn't know this, I didn't know that what was the age was, but she retired at 25. So she basically went as far as actually doing shows and shit like nine years. Like that's all it lasted. But yeah. her impact. And that's a long-ass time for any MC, for real, for real. Let's just keep it real. Yeah. Especially uh, in that they, time. Yeah, especially in that time. Because, look, we've heard stories like I remember listening to, uh, I think it was Method Man. Mm-hmm. It was either Method Man or Rakim, not Rakim, but uh, Raekwon was talking about how they was basically stealing people's airline tickets. To get the show, yeah, like they didn't, they like, like people. So, okay, like people didn't, and, and I, don't, I don't know if it, like a lot of people know this. Like people didn't start making money in hip hop until around like ninety eight, and 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 that's when they're just hitting their ass with budgets, like with with big budgets, just sh- shooting money off left and right. But like until like ninety seven, ninety eight, like wasn't nobody getting no real money in hip hop, bro. Yeah, like like you hear like a lot of the stories, like like really listen to, um, or even watch Wu Tang on the American Saga on on Hulu. Like you see mm-hmm. a lot of the shit that they had to deal with. But then they got a, a documentary. Um, I think it's a a Misa, a Misa man, the Wu Tang story or some shit like that. Like they'll tell you about like yo, we wasn't getting shit. Like we yeah. wasn't getting anything, and yeah. like for you to be on the radio, and you got hood fame, but you're still living at your mom's house. You Don't know what I'm saying? Yeah, it can't. You know what I'm saying? And and for a woman to be able, not even a woman, man, we talking about a little girl. For a little girl to be able to get her mom out the hood and her sisters out the hood, that's an accomplishment, man. That needs to be mm-hmm. spoken on. That's why I'm glad this movie came out. Um. You know, I'm not embarrassed enough to say, like, yeah, I, I didn't know who Roxanne Shante was, but I was right. able to get educated on her and to know her impact in the game and what she did. Yeah. I think that this is something that I think that everybody that appreciates hip hop and appreciate music need to watch this, especially if you're a woman, man, you're a girl, you know, to uh to know that like these dudes these dudes didn't lay down for Roxanne Shante, like right. they just lost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just took an L. Like that's all it is to it. But it does suck for her to go through the thing. Cause at the end of the end of the movie, and then we can get to the uh to the thing. At the end of the movie, it shows an actual interview by her. And 
she was just saying to you, I know I shouldn't say this, but she was just like, yo, like, you know, y'all men are coming up short. You know what I'm saying? And she was just saying, like, you know, like she 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 has a, you know what I'm saying, a pretty rocky relationship, man, when it came to men. And and I hated to see oh a, a, a girl, you know what I'm saying? Not even a woman to go through the things that she went through. But the one thing her mom did say to her. And this is what I didn't understand. Look, I don't see a woman doing this today. Her mom, like I said, their dad stole 20 grand. Mm -hmm. He never came back. But he called and said he was coming to pick the girls up. So these girls sat outside all day waiting on their dad. Dude never showed up. So mom go down there. They're sitting on the bench. And she was like, because she was talking to uh, one of the other ladies that stayed in the hood. And she was just talking about, oh, man, I hate these girls got to go through that. And she was like, well, it's good that they're going through it early. So mm-hmm. they, and she went down there and told them, like, don't y'all ever, like, wait on somebody to do something for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, always count and depend on yourself, which is a positive thing and a negative time at the same, at the same time because you had this whole independent woman thing to go through. And yeah. all this type of shit, which is still going on today, but like, which is a good thing and it's a bad thing because like there are a lot of like bullshit dudes out here who are not doing their part, and mm-hmm. a lot of dudes that are still get that bad name because you are a dude. And uh, I thought that was uh something that was very important that we that we had saw um, when it came to this film that. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, greatly put, by the way. So, are you ready to do Fire Flames, brother? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Yoga Fire! Yoga Flame! Um, so, for me, um, I enjoyed the cast. The cast was, was good. Um... I enjoyed the the actress that played Roxanne Shante, of course. But like I said, man, for me, I just wanted it to be more so about her career than not necessarily about her personal life. And I know it's a biography, so you got to, of course, talk about her personal life. But for me, I just wanted to know, you know what I'm saying, more so about her career and and, and the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations she really went through with that. I wanted to see more of how, you know what I'm saying, like the Roxanne Wars had an effect, you know what I'm saying, the Bridge Wars had an effect, you know what I'm saying, her, you know what I'm saying, trying to sign deals and, and stuff like that. Her, you know what I'm saying, going overseas and dealing with them and getting a deal overseas and, you know what I'm saying, touring overseas and stuff like that and seeing how, you know what I'm saying, her fame rose over there compared to how it was here. Like that's the, that. those are the type of things that I wanted to see, especially with me knowing who she was and um, what she meant to the legacy of hip hop. So um, I'm going to give it a four, man. Okay. Um, Like for me, like it it really, it really was only a stretch from like 16 to 18, 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, So they didn't even really show us her success. Like they, they, they left it on the note of she's moving out the hood. 
Like that's how they left the right. Movie. And, and see, that's what I'm saying. Her. Like with with her being 18, 19, like that's when you know what I'm saying. Like MC Shan and KRS One was beefing with each other. She got pulled into that. Like I wanted to see how she was. You know what I'm saying. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Taking that or whatever. But my fault. Go ahead. No, nah, y'all good, man. And um, you know when it came to. Uh, Shante Adams, who played Sh- uh, Roxanne Shante, she did a good job. Nia Long was in this joint. Like I mm-hmm. mentioned, Mahershala Ali was in here. Um, Curtis Cook from, if, if y'all watch, if y'all watch The Shy, he's the dude that plays the mayor in there. So, I mean, I mean they had a pretty a pretty good cast, you know, for a Netflix movie. Uh, another person, Kevin Phillips, you would recognize him. He's been in a few things. But, you know, as far as like the, the movie movie, um, it was good, uh, mm-hmm. not great. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a three point five. Um, okay. I think the movie was it, it was good, but I think the I think the message is is what really yeah. And the note, you know, what I'm saying putting putting me on to something. I love getting putting on to something. So right. yeah, but I'm gonna give it a three point five. All right, man, let's get into this coming soon. Yes, sir. Coming soon. Coming soon. So, man, you know what I'm saying? We got another one coming up uh, next Tuesday. Um, Inside Man, starring Denzel Washington, Clive Owen. This is going to be a pretty good one. Um, Can't wait for it, brother. Yeah, man, we got an F. Gary Gray. No, no, no. This is John Singleton. John Singleton. Uh, John Singleton. So, yeah. So we got uh, one of his movies coming up, man. Um, Inside Man. Inside Man was a pretty, a pretty good one, man. Uh, Denzel always played good in these type of roles. Well, he played good in everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but at the time, Clive Owens mm-hmm. was on the road. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that. Like around that time, he he has he has some joints to come out. So, Listen, um, you know, you know when you know when certain actors are doing good because they start making them do comedies. <laughs> I'm serious. You think I'm joking? I'm dead serious. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that, man. I'm gonna have to see. Hey, listen. What is John Cena doing right now? Comedy. Peacemaker. They Peacemaker, turned it yeah. into. A, they turned it into a pseudo comedy. I'm telling you. Pay attention, brother. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Hey, uh, Denzel did the two guns joint. I don't care what nobody said. That's a comedy, man. <laughs> Batista, Batista, he was doing good in the action films. They started making him do comedies. That's how. That's how you know the Rock. The Rock was doing great films. Wait, he started doing comedies. I'm telling you, that's how you know when a certain actor is doing good. They start making them do comedic films because they know that people, even though it, it, even even if it ain't funny, they you know. It's gonna be funny because they like that actor. Yep. Yep. And and then like you know, entertainment you want to laugh. Mm-hmm. So comedy is sure. always the way to go for sure. when it comes down to that. But yeah, this is gonna be an interesting movie to do, man. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying, y'all keep up, man. We'll see y'all then. Um, as always, check us out on social media at ViewAnonPod on Instagram and Twitter at VAPod Watch Group on Facebook. If you want to send us your own ratings um, with the Fire Flames, you know what I'm saying, feel free to do it there. If you got any suggestions or anything else, also feel free to hit us up on social media. Um, and for me, man, you can check me out 
on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. And uh, that's all I got. Yeah, man. Y'all can catch me at s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter at 28 Minutes of Less Pod on IG. Uh, check out the last uh, episode, episode 71 of the 28 Minutes of Less Podcast. I got something else cooking, so be on the lookout and you can um, go back and listen to anything that's in the old archives, man, on all major platforms, man. For sure, man. And I want to thank you guys. I'm sorry. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate it. And like I said, Hollywood, that's a wrap. Good.